0: Let's all stand for the reading of the Word of God. Let's all stand. John chapter three. John chapter three. Another time, you usually get done at eleven forty-five, and all of you said, "Oh my goodness, that's a long time." Yes, yes. Good. John chapter three. John chapter three. First of all, may I just say it's great to have the teams here this morning. And uh, wonderful to have you, likewise. And um, great uh, to be in a place. I never matched the voice with the man singing. I never would have put those two together. So what a great job, gentlemen. I appreciate it very, very much. I thought it was great. Um, And then to uh, really to be here with Pastor McCurdy, um, you'll never really know the blessings of having a pastor. just, Just pause, a pastor. The Bible says in Jeremiah 2:15 I shall give you pastors after my own heart. It's one of the gifts that God said from my heart I will give you a pastor. One that prays for you, one that's driven by your home, and prayed for your family, one that's been by maybe a graveside, maybe a hospital birthing room, one that calls you, one that prays for you. Uh, never never forget the gift of a pastor. Then likewise I'll say a pastor's wife. And um, boy, do I know that I've pastored our church for 35 years. And uh, my wife and I went out there in 1988, so going on 36 years, uh, certainly loved the ministry. And then I want to bring you greetings from uh, Kevin Williams. Brother Kevin Williams, you know as Pastor Williams, and uh, he's been out with us for a long, long time. And I pray for him, he's in the second bout of cancer and uh, chemo, radiation, his wife. Likewise, uh, dear lady, Kathy, uh, certainly love the family, but be in prayer for them. Do you have it? John chapter 3, John chapter 3. And I'm going to ask you to listen as I read maybe the most famous verse of the Bible, John chapter three and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Listen to that verse again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm going to ask you to read the verse with me this morning, please. And not just one, but every single individual, look at a copy of the Word of God, an iPad or phone, whatever you have. I'd like to have you read aloud with me uh, John chapter 3 and verse 16. You ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I asked the R.J. to have a sign for me, and R.J., if you're around here or if I can find you, behind this pulpit, the pulpit. I got it, I got it. This morning, I will speak to two groups of people. Group number one are those who are gathered here in a church that know beyond a shadow of doubt that if something were to occur and I passed away, died, I would go to heaven. Group number one. If something were to happen to me, I know scripturally, I know beyond the shadow out, if I died, I would go to heaven. And then there's group number two. It bothers you already. He's gonna preach about that. It's kind of like going to the airport and you forgot your ticket, like, oh, no, and that, that immediate feeling comes in, like, well, what, what's going what's gonna to happen? Group number two, they don't, they don't know. Group number two, I hope so. I think so. I've been told I would. But sometimes there's just a thing in my heart that in fact is there right now again. I don't like it. It bothers me, and I just don't know for sure if if I were to pass away, if something were to happen that I I don't want to die and go to hell. I want to go to heaven, but I don't know. Maybe I'm not sure. Maybe I'm confused. Maybe I didn't do enough. So group number one are those that are here that know beyond a shadow of a doubt that can literally take you to the word of God and say the reason I'm going to heaven is here's what the Bible says. He that hath the Son hath life, but he hath not the Son, and God hath not life. For God did not send his Son to the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. But this group number two. May I say this? Everyone in group number one used to be in group number two. Can I help all those right now that already know that you're in group number two? Everybody in group number one wants you out of group number two into group number one. We want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that heaven is our home. Father in heaven, I pray that you give credence to the message. I pray that you'd help us. As pastors so wisely pray, may they be attentive to every word, not not Tim Rule's words, but the word of God. Holy Spirit, do that which no man can do. And would you please convey this truth both to each and every individual, for Christ's sake, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you. maybe may be seated. I mentioned to someone this morning about a um, a fire that had come through, and I was in Paradise, California. Paradise, California is about 26,000 people. It was in November of 2018, five years ago, that my wife and I were driving to work about 7, maybe 6.30, 7 in the morning, and I noticed a plume of smoke to the left. I said, honey, uh, there's something at the airport. Man, that plume of smoke's pretty large. And just by a few, few miles that we drove, this plume of smoke just started covering the sky. It's amazing. I said, there's something more than the airport. And uh, literally, the sky was darkening. And, and sure enough, as you heard about the campfire, it was in Paradise, California, uh, November 18, 2018. And uh, this fire took off. I quickly went to my phone. and says they're evacuating the town of Paradise. They had not one iota of a thought about trying to put out the fire. It was not, not going to happen. All they're trying to do is get everybody out. 26,000 people. And so I called right away to the Butte County Sheriff. I said, uh, we have several buses here. We'll send the bus out there. I said, there's no time. By the time you get up there, it's done. It was, the fire itself was covering three football fields every 10 seconds. What's your, they, they weren't trying to put the fire out. This is trying to get the people out of this way. I know you've heard about fires. I've heard about fires. California is known for fires. And sure enough, it is in a town in a high thicket, all the tall pines. Uh, it, it was so dry. Uh, the winds were up. It was a perfect storm for a fire. And, and literally, you've heard about maybe someone catching a fire. This neighborhood got destroyed. This neighborhood got destroyed. 92% of all structures in the entire city were leveled. That's amazing. I called and said, I'll tell you what, if you need help, we'll open up our church. We'll be an evacuation site. Didn't have a bed, didn't have a cot, didn't have a meal. By 8 o'clock that night, we had 109 people sleeping out of church. Next day is 261, 372, third day. I just heard the stories. Not everyone got out. Out 26,086 didn't make it. But that means we got 25,000 and 900 and a lot out there. Yeah, we didn't feel good about that. 86. let Let's talk about being group number one. You've seen it, haven't you? We just read it. There it is. I love it. You got it, girl. You got it, all right? John 3.16. I would think just about everybody here would say, yeah, I understand that sign, but not everybody. I see it at Coliseum's football stadiums, NASCAR races. In fact, the last sporting event I want you, I saw this sign. It's probably a, maybe a 20-year-old young lady and, and she's in about the fifth or sixth row of, uh, of the second layer and she was holding this sign going like this right here. John three 16. You've seen them. I've seen them also. It's not real hard. In fact, most of you is just kind of oh, yawn about it. John three sixteen. We all know it. Well, let me just kind of revive that a little bit. Yeah, we have John. John's the man's name. He was the apostle of Jesus Christ, a follower, and he wrote the book also. John. That's why I have John. Three down here, that's the number of the chapter. John chapter three. The colon sets off the part, and the one and the six, 16, that's the verse. So we have the book of John chapter three and verse 16. I love it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I like it. John 3 16. I'll tell the whole world. Some say it's the greatest verse in all the Bible. Some say it's the verse that contains everything we need to know about eternal life. They say this is amazing, John chapter 3 and verse number 16. It's not hard, for that means because. God, only one God. I'm not caring what the president or ex president says. There is only one God, one true God, uh, no other God, uh, maybe mimics, but only one true God. And uh, we also, uh, God for God, so, uh, I like that word, probably my favorite word there, for God, so, so what, uh, so love. And God Himself could not even think or fathom how much He loved you and how much He loved me. So God used the word, Fantastically for God, fantastic. No, that's not good enough for God. Miraculously loved. No, that's not good enough for God. And He couldn't even explain it. So God said these words: For God, so just so love the world, not the earth. The world, not the earth, uh, but the world. That's you, you and me. For God, so love you. For God, so love me. That He gave. And what a great God. And what a giver, God, for God so loved that he gave. And what did he give? His only begotten son. Amazing, just amazing. These 25 words give the entire gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son as an antidote, uh, as a remedy, as a cure of our sin, that whosoever, uh, that means white man, black man, that means illiterate man, that means uh, educated man, means rich man, poor man, that means every single person who chooses for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begun that whosoever believeth, not having to be baptized, uh, not taking the holy Eucharist or the holy wine, uh, not that joining the church, not good works, but whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, die, and go to hell, but have everlasting life. So you know it. I know it. John chapter 3, verse 16 that 25-word verse is only one little part of a conversation, a conversation of a man that had to come to Jesus. His name was Nicodemus. In fact, if you have that place, it's not really hard to get back to. John chapter 3, may I read it? There was also a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. See, this is the man that had a hard time because he thought he was in group number one, and he wasn't. He was in group number two. Can I tell you about Nicodemus? The Bible already says it. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. In other words, he was a religious leader, a ruler of the Jews, which meant he sat in the top 71 seats. He was a part of the Sanhedrin court. He was one of the top Jews, one of the top religious people of all the church, of all the area round about. This man was somebody. But this man had this thing in his crawl, he could not get over. There's something different about this man, Jesus. He says, there was a certain man, uh, 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 of the Pharisee named Nicodemus, ruler of the Jews. The chain came to Jesus by night. He's inquisitive, but he's embarrassed. And said him, Rabbi, I like this. We know. We know, not I know. See, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He's hobnobbing around all the other church family and the church people, and they're scratching their head and said, oh, we don't know this man. Who is this man? He's born of Joseph and the Mary. Uh, he's just a carpenter of Galilee. He's a penitentiary rabbi. Uh, who, who is this man? But I know something. There's something different about that man. There's just something about the way he walks, and he speaks with authority that no man speaks with. There's just something different about this man, Jesus. For we know, we've been talking, for we know that thou art a man of God. For no man can do us the things that thou doest, except God be with him. That was the difference. That was the difference. There's a difference between a man of God and the God man. Something different about this man, Jesus. The him came to you by night and send him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do the things and miracles thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Can I help you out for a minute? <laughs> verily, verily, I say unto thee. Jesus answered a question that Nicodemus never asked. I'll say it again. Jesus answered a question that Nicodemus never asked. Can I tell you something? Nicodemus was good. He'd outshine all of us. He was a Pharisee. He sat on Sanhedrin court. He was a good man. He was a good teacher. He was a good listener. He was a good father. He was a good man. He was just good. I like what Francis D. Dockerville said. America is good. America is great because America is good. If America ceases from being good, America will cease from being great. And here's what he said. He goes, God blesses just good people, wholesome people, right choice people, uh, loving people, caring people, moral. But God loves that. And because God loves that, we live by his commands. God blesses our nation. If we cease by being good, we'll cease by being great. And that's what I noticed about Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a good man, a moral man, a good father, a good... A, a, a husband, a good man in the church. But Nicodemus was missing something. Yep. He missed God. And so Jesus says these words. There they are saying to accept a man, be born again. He not entering the kingdom of God. Not the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Kingdom of heaven is a physical place. Kingdom of God is how we live. And now Nick and say, man, I don't know how to live this stuff. He's doing things we don't do. Uh, he speaks like we don't speak. I, I mean, I get up there and fall asleep. He gets up there, they all listen to him. There's something different about that man. He didn't ask him questions. He said this, I'll tell you what the difference is. You got to be born again. Yes. Nice little phrase to us, isn't it? You must be born again. Okay, born again. Accept Christ your Savior. Uh, be saved, uh, be redeemed, be regenerated. Born again. No, 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 no. Now, this is the first time it's Jews. Can I help you out? Look up here. Do you know the Jews had 626 laws that they had to do? They weren't allowed to walk more than 600 steps on the Sabbath. You know all the laws they had? Washing the cups, washing the dishes, washing the hands, all this. Kind of like walking to a Catholic church, kneeling down, and standing up and doing all this other stuff like this here. And they had all the little things to do. And because they did those, they were Religious. And Jesus now is going to take a swipe at the entire Judaism way to live. He says you must be born again. How many children, babe? We have four. My wife has children. When My wife has children. She has children. She doesn't beat around the bush. All you ladies that beat around the bush, God help you. That's all I got to say, God help you. My wife got to the hospital at 10 minutes till 10. Our first one was born at 11 minutes after, 21 minutes. Amen. Got to the hospital the second time. I'm helping you ladies, okay? Got to the hospital at 220, and our second child was born at 229. Nine minutes. Now we've had two children born in less than 20 minutes. This is good. Our third child, I won't go into that, Maggie. She had umbilical cord wrapped around her head. Doctor didn't make it. Nurse had to cut the umbilical cord. And she screamed. She hasn't stopped since either. She screamed. But my best one is Natalie. Natalie was born on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, I rushed to the hospital. I heard my wife was in labor. I run home from work. There she was in a fetal position on bed. I thought, this is not good. I am not delivering this baby. I threw, I did not throw my wife. I put my wife in the car. I drove the car. I was like Steve McQueen and Bullet. I went through every stop sign, every, I don't care. You want to deliver the the baby you hop in this car okay I'm not gonna do this I pulled up to the hospital to the door to the very door my car was so close to open the doors automatically I got my wife out of the car which sat her on the seat of the foyer and a little lady if there was going like this I said, huh? I said, ma'am, my wife's having a baby, and she's little, like four foot eleven, about, about the same size around. Also, it was Christmas Eve. She's all by herself right there. And she goes, "It's okay, sonny. We'll take care of you." I said, "No, ma'am. I know my wife's having a baby, like right now. It's okay, honey. you will be okay." And then my wife let out a scream of labor, ah! And the lady tell Your wife's having a baby. I said, "Don't worry about it. we will be okay." How's that sound? Got there at four thirty. Four thirty. A child was born at four thirty-six. Not bad, all four children born in less than one hour, but watch this. Not one time have I gone to Maggie or Natalie or Jesse or Gabriel I said, way to go, son, way to go, son. You did it, way to go, son. You popped right out of there. Way to go, son, way to go. That son had nothing to do with the birth. Hey, Nicodemus, you gotta be born again has nothing to do with you, has nothing to do with the pharisaical law, has nothing to do with all the things you do. That's why you're missing. has everything to do with the heavenly father. You must be born of him. That's what is happening to our churches. Man, we got the programs down and we got the menus and we got the songs and the choir and we got everything down to a team. But where's God? Where's the miraculous working power of God Almighty? That's what he says, Missy, we know that thou art a man of God. For no man, that's it, no man can do the things that thou doest except God, except God be with him. Most of what how many, uh, say, well, how can I be born again? Do I enter a second time in mother's womb? And Jesus has to say it again. You don't understand. I'll tell you something, Sunday school teacher. Unless God is in your classroom, you wasted your time this morning. And there's God is in a choir. There's God is in music. Oh, we'll come and we'll enjoy and it's better than the world. We'll be okay. But where is the transformation power of God Almighty that takes that which is lifeless and gives it life again, that takes the dead marriage and makes it alive again, that takes the dead youth group and makes it alive again, that takes the dead church and makes the life. I'll tell you who it is. It's all in Jesus Christ. That's all it is. Jesus Christ. The plan of salvation. I did a funeral Wednesday. A man that I did his father's funeral 31 years ago. I met with the father. I met with his two daughters who were the granddaughters of a man who passed away. Now mom passed away, so I do her funeral. I don't know why it was, but God just said, I want you to talk to them. I've never met with a family that I did not know. The day after the funeral, I did this one. I'm going to go and give you in a matter of six or seven minutes exactly what I told them. I said, Your grandmother, your mother passed away. And I know that she is in heaven because of what she did. She trusted Christ. She is in group number one. Hmm. How do you get in group number one? Number one, realize you're not in group number one. Nicodemus did. Let me just pause. Watch this. Nicodemus was probably the best. Pharisee, and all the land at that time. He was a religious leader. He was the church man. He was like the usher, the deacon, the pastor, the leader. He was numero uno. He knew he wasn't group number one. But he thought he was. Can I give another example? His name was Saul of Tarsus, who was the religious zealot at the time who knew scripture, born of the best family, Uh, a zealot, uh, who knew the law, lived at two of the T, and and as he said, I labor more than all of you. I am the man, I am the God man, I am, and he was lost. It's amazing in the New Testament, the two most religious people mentioned in the New Testament were in group number two, but they thought they are in group number one. Are you in group number one? I'm going to give a very simple plan of salvation. I'm not going to give all the preliminaries. Road number one, the Bible says, "As it is written, there's no one righteous, no, not one." The Bible says, "As it is written, there's no one righteous, perfect, no, not one." I'll be the first one to admit I'm not perfect. I guarantee my wife will tell you I'm not perfect. How's that sound? Okay, so I'm not perfect. You're going to talk to me this time. I'm going to ask you the same question: Are you perfect? Yes or no? Now, come on, talk to me. Are you perfect? Yes or no? Okay, good. So the Bible's true. In fact, there's not a person here that can name someone who is perfect. So the Bible is true. There is no one perfect, no, not one. Road number two gets a little worse. The reason we're not perfect, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says, for all have sinned, and done something wrong. I'll be the first one to admit again. I have sinned. I, I've lied, I've told. I've cheated, I've hated. I've not been a good husband. I've not been a good preacher. Uh, I have sinned in my life. God, asks ask you the same question. Have you ever sinned? Yes or no? Yes. Talk to me, yes or no? Yes. Oh, no, yes, you sinned, right? So number one, my perfect note. Number two, have I sinned? Yes. And the Bible says, for all of us have sinned, and because of that, we come short of the glory of God. That glory of God is his perfection. That glory of God is his righteousness. That glory of God is heaven. It's a perfect place. It's pristine. with everything. And one little sin up there would just destroy everything. So God cannot let me up there, and God cannot let you up there. Because he allowed us in heaven the way we were sinners, it would not be heaven anymore, and we ruin it. So since we don't die and go to heaven... We die and go to another place called hell. I'll pause right here. If there were no hell, I would not be here today. If there were no hell, I would not travel this country and preach to young people. But there is a hell. And the worst known fact to mankind is that if we come short, we die and go to a Christless, blackened, eternal hell and burn forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And I don't wish that upon anybody. Number one, are we perfect? Nope. Number two, have we sinned? Yep. Because I sinned, do I go to heaven? Nope, I fall short. If I fall short, there's only one place to go. It's a place called hell. Kind of like if, Doc, you and I are invited to a wedding, so I'm going to swing by and pick you up. We're going to drive to Cherokee, California. It's got the most beautiful country club there is. You and I are going to go. We have to wear a nice black tux and white shirt, and we're going to look sharp. It's high dollar, big M, big fancy meal. I picked you up, got in my car. We're driving to Cherokee about 40 minutes away. We're getting closer and closer. It starts to rain a little bit. Starts to pour down rain, doesn't bother me. I've driven a lot of rain. We're driving and driving. And there's a lady in front of us got a little tepid uh, trapping. She started slowing down and, and rain got real harsh, so she started to pull off. There's one of the shoulders we pulled off, and, and when she and, and she actually pulled her car just like just like this right here. I'm saying, Doctor, you gotta stop. So we get out of the car, we run around there, and there she was hanging upside down with the seat belt still on, and, and now the rain's coming in the car, and she hit her nose, she's got blood on her. I get the seatbelt loose, or you and I are pulling her out of there. The paramedics come. She said gentlemen, thank you so much. We got to cover and we help get the lady out of the car and they take her. Man, I'm trying to, I'm soaking wet. He's soaking, we got mud all over us and our feet, I got blood on my sleeve and get back in the car, we drive to the wedding. We barely get there, knock on the door and I say, hey, we're here for the wedding. They go, oh, 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 look at you. You you can't come in. We were invited, they wanted us there but because of our condition, we could not go. I mean, I say, Jesus invites us to heaven. He wants us to go there but because of our sin nature, he said, I can't let you in. Number one, are we perfect? No. Number two, are we Yes. Here's the worst road about the plan of salvation. There's something about our sin. We have to pay for it. What goes around comes around. You lay in the bed that you make. You reap what you sow. You do the crime. You do the time. And God Almighty says, look, I know you're not perfect. I know you sin, but you got to pay for that. It's only fair. Then he gives us the edict. The soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. Help me. The soul that sinneth, it shall surely what? And sin, when it is finished, bring it forth, death. Here's a key verse, easy verse. For the wages of our sin, if earth was down here, heaven's up here, one thing is in the way. If I take sin out of the way, I get to go to heaven. Praise to God. I got to get sin out of the way. What pays for sin? For the payment for sin is death. Not baptism, not the Lord's Supper, not being good, not joining the church, not, not being a good guy, not being a Pharisee, not Nicodemus, not Saul. What is the pain? what gets sin out of the way? For the wages the pain before sin is death. If I die, I got to take my sins, die, and go to hell and burn forever and ever. I don't want to do that. If I can take you quickly to a court scene, I'll take the preacher with me again. And uh, we got to go to the court, state of California, uh, versus pastor and then pastor. I'm gonna change my word sin to crime. Do you understand first name? Sean. Sean. If I was just to sin three times a day, I do that every day of my life. Three sins a day. That's not many. I sin three times a day before I get out of bed. Three sins a day. That's a thousand a year. Mr. Nelson, a thousand a year. How old are you, Mr. Nelson? Forty what? Thirty-seven? I'm sorry, how old? Seventy. You're lying again. Okay, okay, so <laughs> seventy. 70,000, that's, that's 70,000 cents. Don't amen that. judge <laughs> you got a lot more than he does. Good night, son. No, 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 what's seventy? that's only three a day. That's being nice. 70,000 cents. Let's change, change the word sin and crime. 70,000 crimes before the local municipal courthouse. And they see that caseload. I'm sure only 15 cents, that's all you have, but that's okay. 47 66,000 cents. And that judge looks at me and says, you did this? Mm -hmm. You did this? Yeah. You thought this? Mm -hmm. 66, 70,000 sins. What's that judge going to do to us? going to throw us away. It's fair. I definitely guarantee this. If you have 70,000 crimes and you're known guilty of everyone, they're not going to say, go to a perfect hotel and live the rest of your life. (laughs) God's not going to say, wonderful, God bless you, go to heaven. That's not fair. He's the fair of God. Number one, are we perfect? No. Number two, have we sinned? Yes. Number three, according to the word of God, do we have to pay for our sin? Yes, we do. What's the pain for sin? Death. Death. For the ways of our sin is death. Here we go. That's the bad news. I've walked into your wonderful father this morning and told you, you're a perfect you're a sinner. You're going to die and go to hell one day. Isn't that nice? But here's where the whole road turns. For the ways of our sin is death. But. It's my favorite word. It really is from my past, what I've done, where I've been, which I hate. But there's a turning point. For the ways of my sin was death, but the gift of God, and he's a great giver, the gift of God is eternal life. That's heaven. How? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh, the Savior man, the Jesus man. Yep. True story, true illustration. One day you and I are going to go to court, the big court, the judgment day. I don't know if you've ever been to court. Most of you look like you have. And I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, okay, fine. And so uh, I don't know how many of you have been to court, but your, your hands get palmy. And, uh, you start breathing deep. I've never been to court. I had to go with my wife, though. And so, uh, no, it's not true. And so there I am standing in court, and I don't like this. So I know the judge is going to hold that future of my life in his hands. Well, let's go before God. You will. Every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess, and we shall give an account of our lives, whether good or evil, before God. So let's just go there. It's real. And you will be there. And God calls your name. I'll use Tyler. And Tyler steps before the great throne of God. And God says something like, I don't know exactly, Tyler. Are you you perfect? Mm -hmm. Your wife answered before you did. I don't understand that. And God's going to say something like, Tyler, I got all this film out here, video, and have you ever sinned? Oh, boy. And God, honestly, just hangs his head. He said, as a just judge, according to the law, you are guilty. The book of Revelation says that the angels in that court seem like bailiffs, and those bailiffs, those angels, take those. They're not written in the book of life, and they just cast them to whatever they can fire. And just cast into every fire. Just cast into every fire. Everlasting fire. You stand before God. You're being judged. And Tyler, God looks at you He says, Tyler, as a just judge, you are guilty. But, but as a heavenly father, I love you. And because of that, I, God, I, God, will become a man. That's called incarnate. I'll become a man and then I, I, I'll call myself Jesus. I'll go to that old sin tattered world down there. I'm going to live for 33 plus years. I'm not going to sin one time, but I'm going to die on a cross called Calvary. And watch this? I'm not going to die for my sins because I never said, Tyler, I'm going to die for your sins. And I'm going to die for your sins, and yours, and mine, and, and Terry's, and, and more. What, what a gift, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten sin, who swore in him, believe in him, should not perish, die, God, but have everlasting life. So watch this, are we perfect? No. Have we sinned? Yes. And according to the word of God, do we have to pay for sin? Yes, we do. We have to pay for our sins. Not mama, not priest, not church, not baptism. We have to pay for our sin. But what's the pay for sin? Death. So now you got one of two options. And listen to me, listen to me well. You got one of two options. You can pay for your own sins by your own death and you'll die and go to hell. Why well, do I don't want to do that? Well, neither do I. Or watch the pain for sin? Death. Or you can ask Jesus Christ for his death on the cross and ask for his death to pay for your sins and you get to go to heaven. See, Nicodemus never did that. He was the church man, the religious man. The Sunday will attend the Saker. You know, Saul, he was that preacher, the evangelist, the zealot, both religious, both high up, both moral men, both in group number two. But thought they're in group number one. Are you in group number one? Can I give you something good about Saul? When Saul gave his testimony, he said these words. It was on the road to Damascus at midday. A great light shone. I was sitting at my table last Sunday. Last Sunday. I had 12 on the table, right? We kind of gave our testimonies. And a young man from the Philippines who joined our church under the auspices of the pastor. And we gave our testimonies. Here's what he says. I don't remember that. I remember where I was. I remember what was said. I don't remember what happened. My dad said I was saved. I said, So you're basing your eternal life, whether you go to heaven or die and go to eternal hell, on a conversation you cannot remember? I'm not actually remember the date. But if you truly got born again when the Holy God came inside of you, you should remember at least what happened. I can tell you, 203 Water Street, Greenville, Ohio, 15 year old kid preacher, preacher, minister. I was half mad. I didn't like God. I hated God. I didn't want to be in church. But I heard what he said. I walked down the aisle. My tears hit the floor of the tile floor. There's block walls over here. I walked down. I was never the same. I, I can't tell you the date. It was in the summer of 1971. But I remember the place, that little block room. I remember the time of day. It was in the evening. But I know what happened. Something happened. Was I was born again. Do you remember the place you were? Well, was, my mom says it's here. I, Do you remember what time of day it was? No, I don't even know what day it was. What time of day it was? So you really don't No. I'm not taking a chance of staying in group number two. I'm going to group number one. I got two minutes. Two minutes. (laughs) Who was this person? Who was this person? No, no, the one that brought it to the game. The one who wrote the sign. I don't know, some 22-year-old girl probably never been to a ball game before. Say, man, I get to go to a ball game. If you've ever been to a major league ball game with it's football or baseball, and you go through all those steps and you go through those turnstiles, also you walk through the shoot you look up there, man, it's massive. It's amazing. Look at the stadium. It's awesome. It's so good. And she gets to go, this girl gets to go, 22 years of hasty. and she's pumped. She is jacked. I get to go to a ball game. Somebody bought my ticket. This is so good. And God says, "Oh, so, you going to tell about me? What? You can't tell about me? Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> I don't know how it happens, but someone goes out and buys a buck 22 poster board, buys a big old fat magic marker, lays it down, does the best she can, and rolls it up, puts it knee her arm, and now she's going to go to the ball game. I want to see the ball game, but I want everyone to know there's a God. He changed my life. I'm born again. That's what I'm doing. She goes to the tail side, and the man says, what's that? What's it? She goes, here's what it is. I'll, I'll quote it for you if you want me to. No, just go on, man. And uh, I'll tell you what it means. No, just go on, man. And she got to say, that's She couldn't wait They raised up her sign and say, here you go, look what happened. He loves you to all the millions of people that watch that game. She don't care about the game. She cares about promoting a savior. When's the last time you put a sign out? If you want your church to die, don't do this. Tuck it away. Enjoy the nice looking confines of a nice, nice church. It'll die. So here we go. Gospel Light Baptist Church. When's the last time you put a sign out? Teenagers. Hey, this is something you can do. Buck 22 from Postal Walmart. Got it last night. Magic marker, $4.99. Five blocks, you can write a sign, put it in your yard. I'm not being facetious, but with every single person here, everybody in the balcony, would simply just go buy a poster board and a black magic marker, whatever you have, and write down a sign and place it in your front yard or place it outside someplace and nail it to a tree? You can you imagine if there's several hundred signs around Marion, uh, around Cedar Rapids? People say, "What's going on? What is this John 3:16 all about? A table? It's all about there's a God that loves them and He wants to save their lives, and all he have to do is put out the sign." Gospel light, Baptist church. It's time to put the sign out. I preached this message not long ago to a camp, a bunch of teenagers. That was on a Thursday, closed up. On Monday, I got several pictures all around the camp area, different states, of kids that have gone home and made a John 3.16 sign and put it in their yard. Marion. Iowa needs to know the gospel. And you have it. Two questions say. Number one, are you in group number one? Oh, it's bothering me. It's bothering me. I hate these invitations. Because I know inside, I've never really done that. But everyone thinks I'm saved. I wouldn't give a rip what everyone thought. I did not die to have my sins forgiven. I did not die to go to heaven. I died for—I—I I got born again for one reason. I did not want to die and go to hell. Question number one, are you in group number one? Or are you in group number two? You got to settle that today. Second question is, what are you going to do about being in group number one? When is the last time you've taken your Bible... Show someone how to go to heaven. So, if you're in group number one, what are we going to do about being group number one? Put your sign out. Father in heaven, Pastor, you come. Father in heaven, I pray that today that we learn the very vitality of that of knowing beyond the Shavuot. I'm in group number one. I am in a well-churched auditorium. I'm in a place where they've heard the gospel often. And because of that, I have to think that most, most people, but not everyone, most people are here in group number one, but not everybody. There's some here in group number two. It's just like that paradise fire. I'd hate that we lost any of them. So it's gonna be a very transparent time, very, very humbling time. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Can I just ask that simple question? Is there anybody here that says, I'm in group number two, but I want to be in group number one. I've got to be in group number one. I want Jesus Christ. That's me. Would you allow me just to pray for you and I'll go sit down, brother? Rule I do not know, or I thought I I, I can't I I'm I, I just I'm not clicking. I want to be in group number one. That's me. If that's you, would you just gingerly just throw up your hand someplace? Just slip it up. And say, I don't want to die and go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I want to be in group number one. Would you allow us to pray for anybody like that at all? Anybody like that at all? God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else at all? God bless you. How many of you say here, Brother Rule, I need to put a sign out. I need to put a sign out to get that story out to somebody else. That's me. And God spoke to me. Would you raise your hand? Anybody like that? God bless you. God bless you. Hands all over the room. How can they hear? How can they know? This we tell them. Preach you. Go ahead.